The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Sean Binder, you might remember him. He is set to face trial tomorrow in Greece, more than four years after he was arrested. The Kerry man faces charges including people smuggling and being a member of a criminal organisation. And joining me on the line from Lesbos in Greece, one day ahead of his trial, is the man himself. Sean, you're very, very welcome to the show and thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us. I'm sure you must be very, very busy uh, today in preparation. You might remind our listeners, first of all, the context of your arrest, why you were in Greece, uh, when you were there, what led to the arrest? Yeah, sure. I mean, look... I went off to help people at risk of drowning. Um, That's what I did. And that's what I was arrested for. I joined a search and rescue organization on the island of Lesbos. We had two search and rescue vessels. We went out to sea. We had a shoreline response. We had medical personnel to respond to the very many people who are drowning in our oceans because the European Union has one of the deadliest seas or deadliest bodies of water in the world. And this is because we have taken, rather than a human rights-focused approach to our borders, we've taken a securitized approach to our borders. Now, because we take this securitized approach to our borders, it also means that there is this shadow of doubt cast over the legitimacy, unfortunately, of search and rescue activities by civilians like myself. And for that reason, I was arrested. I was charged with a number of very serious crimes that include, as you say, smuggling, and even my childhood dream come true, espionage. And I spent over 100 days in pretrial detention and still face 20 years imprisonment for doing little more, I might add, than what I think you would do or anybody would do, which is help people who you see as being in distress. What what did that help look like, Sean? What what were you doing on a day-to-day basis? Look, there there are extremes. Um, You know, there are occasions where, you know, we had to... We had to get onto extremely, um, a lot of these boats that people arrive in are are, are, are not seaworthy. Uh, I've seen, you know, up to nearly 100 people crammed into a boat that might safely be designed for, for 15. And that means that a lot of people can end up in danger because under the cover of darkness, when these boats often depart, with almost no boating experience by anybody on board, crammed into these conditions, lives can be lost. And so on occasion, you know, we had to, we really had to ensure people didn't die. But the vast majority of the time, and I really want to drive this point home, I did very little. I stood at the shoreline and I held a bottle of water in one hand and a blanket in the other, and I waited to see if somebody needed help. And more often than not, People are survivors, you know, they have left conflicts infinitely more difficult than the journeys that that I've ever undertaken. And so the little help that I could offer was often just a smile. And yet for that very thing, I faced 20 years imprisonment. And the point of that, I think the main concern here is that if I can go to prison for offering a bottle of water and a smile to someone, then all of us are at risk of being criminalized for offering the basic of human kindnesses to people. Were ye aware at the time that what you were doing and doing was was frowned upon by certain authorities? Did you did you realize you were operating under the risk of arrest? The interesting thing about that, Kiran, is that I joined an organization that had a very good relationship, with irony in hindsight, with the authorities. You know, I stood shoulder to shoulder with the authorities, with the police, with the Coast Guard. Very specifically, our organization taught 
some of the police officers how to do CPR. They didn't have first aid training. Imagine in an ideal world, there would be no drowning because no one needs to seek asylum in dangerous situations. In a better world, the authorities would be doing search and rescue and offering excellent care. In the real world, 20-something-year-olds had to fill a gap that was being left and through which people were falling and drowning. I once had an email from a medic on board of the UK border force vessel, the Valiant, that was an operation on Lesbos while I was here. And they asked me, Frontex being one of the most well-funded EU institutions, they asked me as civilian search and rescue if we can replenish their medical supplies. This is the context. And so, no, we never expected us that we would be arrested because they relied on our service. Indeed, they gave us awards for the service that we that we provided. So what's your sense of why you were arrested? I mean, are you a victim of changing political winds? I think if we take a broader look here, there is 2015, the European Union deploys a human rights focused humanitarian response, as it rightly should, to this, to the tens of thousands of people that are crossing the border to seek safety. By 2016, attitudes had hardened, and now we shifted our view and our focus on securitization. And when you shift the view to securitization, you now focus on smuggling, on illegal activity. And therefore, anything that happens at the border is viewed through that prism, including search and rescue activities. And so we began to see this narrative, this conflation of search and rescue and smuggling. And so eventually just became an accepted fact. Unfortunately, it it is a very dangerous idea, and it isn't a fact. It is completely disprovable by all research. But the idea being that search and rescue is exacerbating smuggling. Who is it that you were allegedly carrying out espionage activities on behalf of? They, they do not say, which I find deeply troubling. How can, how can I be an international spy and they not say for whom I have been spying? Just to pick the... As a just as an example of how ridiculous all of these charges are, let's let's drill into spying. It's there are two aspects to my supposed spying. One, I listened to encrypted communications, and two that I used encrypted communications. Now, what the first one means is literally they're saying because I had a maritime radio, or rather the organization had on board a search and rescue vessel, a maritime radio, that must mean that it was accessing illegal or encrypted communications, which indeed the Coast Guard themselves admitted was impossible given the fact that our radios were off the shelf. Mm. And two, that I used encrypted communications. Now that is WhatsApp. Now the people that organized this interview between the both of us communicated with me on WhatsApp. Does that mean that they are spies? Of course it doesn't. And it just demonstrates how ridiculous these charges are. Uh, Given that... Right, the ridiculous nature of them, as you put it. Did you suspect that, you know, common sense would prevail eventually? That that it, it would never come to this point? This time tomorrow, you're officially standing trial. Look, yes. If the prosecution really thought, really believed that we are the heinous criminal masterminds that they accuse me of being, then they would want me in prison as quickly as possible. And if they had a shred of evidence that I ever did anything wrong, I would be in prison already, but I'm not. I'm here waiting desperately. We, 
The defendants have been pushing desperately for a trial. It's the prosecution that has made error after error to ensure there's a delay here. We want this trial. The prosecution is delaying. And unfortunately, what is so frightening is that the delay seems to already have had a very negative impact on search and rescuers. Because in the four years that we have been waiting for trial, it has literally scared off every single civilian search and rescue from the island of Lesvos. And I believe that is part of a tactic. And that is not to say that people aren't drowning. People continue to drown on the island of Lesvos. And even if tomorrow our trial is resolved favorably, and very likely it will probably be adjourned again or will take months, but even if it resolves favorably tomorrow, the felony trial, the far more serious trial, has not even concluded the investigative phase. And we believe that the prosecution will take as long as they possibly can, which is 15 more years to resolve this, because it means that for 15 more years, there's a shadow of doubt whether or not search and rescue is permitted. But of course, every inch of international maritime law, every bit of universal human rights law, and every inch of EU legislation ensures that in fact, saving people from drowning, the right to seek asylum and the right to a fair trial do in fact exist. All I ask is that the state uphold it. Given that this is in all likelihood, regardless of what happens tomorrow, that other aspects of it are going to be hanging over you for months, years to come. Do you regret going to Lesbos? No, no, I do not regret going to Lesbos. How could I? The question is this, If you arrive at the scene of a car accident and you see someone at risk of dying, what would you check first, their pulse or their passport? And you would, of course, check their pulse first. And if you've done that, like I would have done, then you've committed the same supposed crime that I am alleged to have committed. This is what's at stake here. If we accept that I should not have been doing search and rescue, then we're abandoning the core values that we spend so much time and effort talking internationally about, you know, these so-called European values of peace and of justice. Well, as soon as we're supposed to apply them internally, we seem to forget to do so. No, I would always return to search and rescue because no one deserves to drown. And that is the core point. Sean, listen, we wish you well tomorrow. And Despite the fact it's only one aspect of this case uh, hanging over you, uh, we, we hope for a positive resolution. Thanks many for taking the time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sean Binder there, who, as he said, trial starts tomorrow on the Greek island of Lesbos. Would have updates uh, for you as it progresses tomorrow. There's a possibility it might just be adjourned. The can kick down the road again. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.